Thanks so much for joining us on Cranford Radio. My name is Bernie Wagenblast, and today we're joined by Joe Leo. Joe is the owner of Here's the Story, an independent bookstore in downtown Union. He's also the president of the Cranford Dramatic Club. Joe, welcome to Cranford Radio. Thank you so much, Bernie. Thank you for having me. It's quite an honor to be interviewed by you. Yay. I'm very excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great to have you. You know, we've certainly talked before, but usually it's with the idea of a show coming up at the Cranford Dramatic Club. But today I really wanted to change the focus a little bit to your business. You own Here's the Story. It is an independent bookstore on Stuyvesant Avenue in downtown Union. Mm -hmm. In this day and age, bookstores uh, have faced some tough times, not just because of COVID, but because of places like Barnes & Noble and then Amazon. I believe Mm -hmm. you opened Here's the Story in August of 1995. So that was just as Amazon was probably getting started. Oh, yeah. Probably had no idea of what was coming. Uh, Tell me, why did you decide to open a bookstore? Well, the real reason was because I couldn't find a job in what my profession, what what I went to college for, which was, oddly enough, TV production. And (laughs) uh, (laughs) it was, I, I went to Kane. Uh, after I graduated in 88 and uh, actually spent one year at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts thinking, well, you know, maybe I'll try doing this professionally. And I just thought, no, let me get my degree. And uh, I did, and then tried to find a job in TV production. But from high school, I started working at the bookstore in town in Union. Uh, And when I was 16, actually, I worked on the video store side. Mm-hmm. And then slowly transitioned into learning about the books side as well. And then I did that all through college. And after and I spent eight years at the book review, which was the bookstore at the time mm-hmm. in Union. And then in 95, I graduated college in 93, still looking for that job. And uh, in 95, when he closed, he decided he was going to close the bookstore because of what you had said the Barnes and Noble had just opened up in Springfield and the, and Amazon was just becoming Amazon slowly. And he said, that's it. I'm done. But I felt like there was my opportunity to kind of, I know union still needed a bookstore and wanted a bookstore. And, and, and I said, I thought, Oh, this is, I can be my own boss. I know the business and I will learn what I don't know along the way. And then just said, okay, Four months later, after he closed in April, I opened up under my own name, here's the story, books and videos at the time, because I'd also brought in a video section because you need a little bit of both. And uh, that was how that came about. And I thought, oh, this is great. I could be my own boss and I can you know, go on vacation when I want to. And I can go on auditions <laughs> when I want to. Yet none of that happened. It's, <laughs> it, it's like having a child. You have from from birth, you cannot just say, okay, baby's going to be on its own for the next five days. Let him know. Now, I, I yeah, it's just it's the exact same thing. I, I felt like I had to be there to nurture it and take care of it. And, and it's pretty much all me. I, and I've been very blessed to have family and friends along the way help me out, of course. Uh, but it does. I am the orderer, the bill payer, the cleaning lady, the uh, customer service, uh, you name it, um, I do it all. And it's, uh, I wouldn't change a thing in the last 20, almost seven years now. Wow. 
Yeah, 27. So, uh, yeah, so that's how that came about, was just wanting to have a job, <laughs> a, a job that I, that I created. And, and now it's, it's, you know, people are like, oh, it's great to be your own boss. And it really is. I don't know if I'd be able to work for somebody else at this age in my life now after all this time. Um, but it also has a lot of pressures, too. And I think any business owner will tell you that. Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. Everything falls on you. So, but still here, no no kicking. (laughs) Well, for those who don't remember when Amazon first got started, it started just exclusively with books. That was, that was their genre that they were selling. Of course you can get almost anything now. So Mm -hmm. you saw one of the effects of, of Amazon coming along and Barnes and Noble, as you said, they opened up in Springfield. And then a few Mm -hmm. years after that, they opened up in Clark um borders which was their big competitor at the time folded folded up and so many Mm -hmm. of the independent bookstores that existed we had one in cranford at one time on north avenue i remember yep i remember Um, they they ended up closing their doors as well how have you survived when some of these others whether they're big ones like borders or smaller independent bookstores in downtowns have not been able to survive i i think that I did come in at the right time in the sense of I knew what my competition was. I knew who, what I was coming up against. Um, I learned Amazon was, we, we, we both kind of came into uh, the world at the same time. They were just going, they were just starting up, like you said, and, and as was I. So I knew what to expect. I knew I couldn't compete with their prices, but, as same thing with when that's, that was Barnes and Noble's technique was let's really slash our prices, have everybody come to us and get rid of everybody else. And then we're going to raise our prices back up, which is, you know, common of, of big box stores, big chains and things. They, 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 they have annihilated small business, which is very sad. And, and there was a time where there was a bookstore in every town mm-hmm. and uh, practically and, Little by little, I have people coming in today and like, oh my God, there's a books, an independent bookstore. Like still to this day, after 27 years almost, they still are just discovering that I'm there, which, and they're amazed and thrilled now that, <laughs> that I exist. Um, but I came in knowing who my competition was. And it wasn't just that it was, it was a lot of things along the way. I was, you know, through 9-11, through storms through recessions, through depressions, through administrations, and, you know, both governmental and and presidential. I mean, I have seen to ride out the wave mostly because of the loyalty of my customers and, and real support of what it means to be an independent bookstore and what it means to have that familiarity with who I mean I, I with my customers with them with me I mean they've been through everything with me my my personal the things that have happened their personal you know weddings births deaths you name it it's like they're friends and mm-hmm. it's been so with that and just trying to navigate <laughs> through all the change <laughs> through all the changes that come along the way it's always been the foundation of having a really wonderful fan base, if you want to call it that, or, mm-hmm. or, or, or a support system from, from my, from customers who just really wanted to be supportive. And, and I thank that I wouldn't be here for today if it wasn't for them. 
and for the school systems. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing that a lot of the stores didn't do. Uh, I really started to tap into what, what schools needed. And I actually was union was the first one. Uh, my, I, my close, one of my closest friends was the head of the English department in union for union and uh, Gail Fortunato. And she, right as soon as I opened my doors, she said, we're doing a book fair. We're doing summer reading. You're doing this. She would send me, you know, purchase orders and things for schools and, and I get the discounts and everything. So I started now I work through Union, Westfield, with Kenilworth, with Newark, with Maplewood. I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with a lot of schools. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe somebody from Cranford High School would hear this and I can start working with them as well. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I hand deliver everything myself. I'm a hustler in mm -hmm. that, and, and, and the best sense of the word that I just, I'm like, if it's there, I'm going for it. I don't, I, I book, book signings, uh, story times, whatever. I've had psychic readings in my store. I, I will try whatever, uh, just because I feel like, what do I have to lose? I'm, mm -hmm. I, I have to, I, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do what you can to just keep your head above water. I'll tell you the one thing though, that was the hardest thing to, and still is, which I see is, is, has been the downloadable books. That was the hardest thing to survive from personally. Um, it was, it was people just were like, Oh, I'm going to download everything for like five bucks now. And that was fun for a little while for people, but I think people, and I, and I, this is me personally, there's nothing like having a book in your hand. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like the feel, the smell, the touch. It is what we grew up on. It is what we learned in school from. And it's what we use as escape as kids and what we learned from as kids. And I think there's a sense memory of touch, smell, feel, sight, all of it, a certain comfort to having a book in hand. And people are recognizing that again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really, it's been a love, wonderful resurgence in seeing that oh it's good for some things downloading books but it isn't everything mm -hmm. especially after the pandemic especially when people were just frazzled and i think that comfort really came was needed and wanted and i saw a big change at that time too i'm curious you talk about how you grew up with with books and you know certainly mm -hmm. i did as well mm -hmm. Younger people today, whether they're kids or college-age students, they've grown up with everything being available to them electronically. Are you finding that some of these younger people still are attracted to physical books that they can yes. open and put a bookmark in? Those yes, actually, that that I, I at least from my experience, yes, I think that thankfully parents know that it's yes like i said it it has some benefit to it of, of downloading certain things but children's books especially the colors and and the words and 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 the illustrations uh, bring so much life to a child and 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 opens up their imagination and i i've, <laughs> I've always this is why i've always said what's it, it how do you really want to sit down with your child in bed with a Kindle and read Goodnight Moon and swipe the page. Isn't it? What's, I mean, how much more, you can't get more connected 
when you're sitting there holding a book together, turning the pages and children seeing the words come to life and the pictures, it's such a different experience than swiping. There's certain things I feel are sacred. And when it comes to children's books, especially, that is, I'm a huge advocate, not just from a financial sense, like, yes, buy books. I'm saying just in, not in the libraries and in stores, it's so imperative that children are exposed to actual books. Mm-hmm. That's how they learn. I mean, learn and read and they pick up on the words, I think, better when they're hearing them, seeing them and actually touching those pages themselves. I do see it. I do see that children and young adults are very much into getting the actual book, coming down, looking at the wall, picking things out. It makes me very happy to Mm -hmm. see, and and it's, girls are better, are are easier when it comes to reading than boys always. I mean, even all my life, I've always known boys hate to read compared to girls, Mm -hmm. but I I love seeing when 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 a, a boy comes in and picks up like Dogman for the first time or Diary of a Wimpy Kid or any or, or Elmo or when they're even younger and they get like their eyes light up. It's like, oh, yay, boys reading. It makes <laughs> me so happy. I'm like, yay, keep going with it. And 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 I, I love it. I just it's just it brings so much joy to, to see that um, when, when I see kids getting excited about books, it can, it's like hope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, taking a, a little bit of a larger look, in addition mm-hmm. to owning a bookstore in downtown Union, you've been the president of the Union Special Improvement District. So, mm-hmm. you know, the whole idea of downtowns competing against malls back in the 80s and the 90s, mm. downtowns were facing some tough times because mm-hmm. people just it was easy to go to the mall. You're inside in the winter and when it's raining and able to go all the stores. But since then, the downtowns have had quite a resurgence and it's the malls yep. that are struggling. So yeah, how, yeah. You know, what, what do you find that makes downtowns attractive now? The, the hometown feel. Like you, it, it goes back to how we were raised, at least this generation. Uh, anybody that was, anybody pre-mall that was born in up, I guess, as they call it, up to Gen X, mm-hmm. up until like the the seventies, early, very, 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 like at the onset, of like nineteen eighty, we all grew up going to the downtowns. There were no malls, there was no computers, there was no ordering, there was catalogs. That's about yeah. as close as you got. Sears catalog. <laughs> yep. But there was there was there was nothing else. That was what we had. And when the malls came, they became bigger and bigger, and not just mall malls with strip malls and so on uh they were annihilating the downtown because they were like like the barnes and noble coming in and we're going to offer you slashed prices and this this and that and it did hurt a lot of the downtowns but now you've got amazon who has trumped them Mm -hmm. and 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 people are coming in now which i really love and they're saying to me Jeff Bezos has enough of my money. I would rather spend the extra dollar here knowing that I'm supporting small business and how they, we are the, we're the backbone of, of everything that goes on in downtowns and, and in your, and in your town as and a whole. 
I mean, targets are great, but when you need to like run down and get something real quick, you just run down to run to your downtown. And I think people have remembered what it was like to just go with your family down. I know, I, I know, like I said, growing up in union, we used to have the union center was it mm-hmm. you, was uh, we Friday nights. The, they were open late. You would go to Jan's for dinner. You would walk up and down. You'd stop. And everybody knew who you were. My mother, I remember my mother, she knew everybody in every store, you'd stop in and say, hi, we pick up stuff. It was just memory. Going to the movies was like, mm-hmm. it was, I miss all that. And I'm so happy to see. And I think a lot of people miss that because you hear a lot of people claim like, oh, this is not the way it used to be. Yeah, well, nothing is. (laughs) No. (laughs) But guess what? It would still be if you just supported it from the beginning. And I think they realize that now. And and how important it is to have a downtown. So that's where I think a lot of they're realizing that, yeah, we need this and we have to support it. Because if we don't, they're going to be gone too. I'm very happy and grateful that people are seeing that again. Not just here. I see in Cranford too. I mean, look what they're doing. They're they're building. They the Cranford was one of the first who was knocking down buildings and then building these new businesses with the apartments above it. Mm-hmm. I, I long before everybody else was doing it, and it took a while for it to click. But boy, has it clicked now because it is thriving and it's vibrant and it's It's challenging other downtowns to step up their game. And I know you, and union absolutely has, they're, they're doing a lot of the same things now where they're building, changing, they're creating a new downtown mm-hmm. with businesses, but keeping people right in the downtown itself, which is smart. Mm-hmm. I give them a lot of credit for it because, and it's working. I'm already seeing the changes. I'm seeing my weekends are getting busier again after Years of them just kind of being hmm, not like it used to be. Well, starting to get there again. So, yeah, it's been nice. <laughs> <laughs> Your bookstore identifies proudly as an LGBTQ owned business. Yes. Tell me what role that plays. I'm not a LGBTQ bookstore because there mm-hmm. are just bookstores. I just happen to be a gay person that owns a bookstore and I want it to be a safe space for people when they come in, they know that they can, you can, I don't care who you are, what you do. I don't, doesn't, you are, this is the place to be, to mm-hmm. just be whoever you are. I, uh, um, and I've always felt that it was important to represent a community in a positive way uh, that has been in the minority. And it's important for not just, LGBTQ plus businesses. It's also for women-owned businesses, African-American-owned businesses. I just think it's important to represent the community in a positive way, in some way, because uh, I think I'm the only one in New Jersey, as far oh. as I know. I've I've done my I've done some research. I could be wrong, and I probably am, but <laughs> I I I was featured in Oprah's. This is something to know. Last summer, I was contacted by Oprah Magazine where they were wanting, they, they were listing all the states and every LGBTQ owned bookstore. Wow. I was the only one. Wow. 
yeah, I was surprised. I was like, uh, okay, okay, well, that's kind of cool. So mm-hmm. I, <laughs> uh, it's just, it's, it's, I'm like, well, I'm kind of proud of that. That, uh, and I didn't come into the business like with a big rainbow flag hanging outside. It wasn't about that. It was just about having people know that they can come in if, and, and just feel they're not going to be judged or looked at differently or whatever, or, or just a safe space, gay, straight, uh, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. To be happy. That's all I, I want you to come in and feel like you could be happy. Mm-hmm. I always say, don't, don't just, just be a good person. It doesn't matter. Just be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> good advice. Yeah. The other hat that you wear when you're not keeping busy with the bookstore is you're the president of the Cranford Dramatic Club. Tell us a little bit about that role and and what you do there. I I know you've been in performances, but there's a lot more than just occasionally Uh, putting on a costume and learning your lines. I I miss those days because it seems to be I do more than there's no more performing. (laughs) (laughs) Everything else but these days, which I love. Uh, It's just it's funny how I have. You know, I came into that theater back in 2013 for the first time ever. I didn't even know Cranford had a theater. My, my, I lost my husband uh, two years prior to cancer, and uh, we were together for 14 years. And we lived here in Cranford since we moved here in 99, actually, and uh, until 2013, till he passed. I'm uh, sorry, 2011, when he passed away we didn't know there was a theater and I always did theater when I was in high school. And I, like I said, I went to school for it in college for a while. It's just something I always enjoyed doing. And I was in a really dark place after his death. And it took me, it was like, it had been about a year and a half. I still just couldn't get out of it. And I, I knew I had to step outside of my comfort zone. And I thought, let me go back into theater. And I asked a friend of mine, who was very involved. I'm like, where, where can I, what do you, what? she's like, Cranford has a, I'm like, wait, Cranford has a theater. <laughs> I think people still say there's a theater in Cranford. Cause we're so <laughs> off the map of mm-hmm. downtown. Um, but I walked in and it literally changed my life. Wow. L- it changed my life like completely. And I got cast in the music man, which is what they were doing at the time. And I, Immediately, it was like beyond fish to water. It just, I just kind of fell in. And I was asked, I was only there for two months and I was asked to be on the board. I was like, wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And joined the board. And since then, I've seen so many changes there alone. And now I'm president, which is crazy to think (laughs) not knowing there was even a theater there and now it's like oh now i'm the president of the theater and i love it i love this i love this place i love this club i love the people in the club um and i and i and they say club because it is the oldest continuously performing community theater in new jersey wow since 1919 Wow. So it was established as a club back then. Uh, the building was built, I believe, in 1957. Mm-hmm. And it was a social club at the time. And they, and they threw plays as well. But it was also like people came and had dinners there. And, they, and they, then it transitioned oh. into a full theater 
I don't know, sometime I believe in the 60s, maybe. I don't, I don't know the exact dates of it. But since then, it has been exclusively a theater. It's, it's a wonderful place to be. I've, I've seen so many, just in the time I've been there, so many different things. We've established a huge children's theater base now with our young artist program. Mm-hmm. And we have a, a curtain call program for younger children that is uh, during, uh, we do that in the fall and we do that in the spring for, for all ages we have. Uh, well, we've kind of postponed it this year because of COVID still restrictions. We have our junior, like the high school kids and the, and the, and the young adult kids doing shows. We have our summer camp now, which we are now doing. Uh, and just doing regular good old fashioned adult level musicals at which we're in the product. And, and it's, I love it. It's just, it's a great escape. It's a work. Mm-hmm. Believe me. It's not just <laughs> hanging out and going, I'm going to sing. And no, it's, it's, it's work, but it's the work you love to do. And that's what everybody's there. Cause nobody's getting paid. This is mm-hmm. all volunteer. And I respect that above everything that people are here because they love to be here. It's not about a paycheck. Mm-hmm. If that's what you think it is, you better go find somewhere else to work. <laughs> it's, it's you're never going to live off of this. Uh, I, and I've made some amazing friends that are some of the best friends I have now through this club. It's like I said, it's, it's a, I welcome everybody to come join us and see shows and it's, I love it. I love it. I'm a, pro- I'm a producer now. Oh, <laughs> I, like I produce shows, the, which I the money bags like, behind the, sh- the Yeah. Well, no, it's not my money that's doing it, but I get to, I get to spend it now. Uh, I, yeah, I've, I've, I've learned, like I've learned like to produce and I've learned how to be a props person and I've learned how to run a soundboard and I've re- learned how to, you know, set design, not design, set, set decorate. I do love set decoration. Um, it's, it's fun. I can't dance and you'll never, <laughs> and in my, in my musical days, I've hung those days up. Um, but I, I really love it. I love the people that I work with. It's just so much fun. It really is. Well, Joe, this has been a lot of fun. We've been talking on this edition of Cranford Radio with Joe Leo. He is the owner of Here's the Story at 1043 Stuyvesant Avenue in downtown Union, as well as the president of the Cranford Dramatic Club. And as we mentioned, a resident of Cranford. Joe, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Bernie, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Um, And uh, I hope to see you all either at Here's the Story or at CDC Theater. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, Bernie.